So, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pigment Politics, and today we are going to be discussing LGBTQ rights, and with me today, I have one of my really good friends, Varsha. Hey everyone, my name is Varsha, and I'm a senior at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where I double major in public policy and political science and minor in philosophy. Please don't ask me what I'm doing after graduation, since I promise you, your guess is as good as mine. (laughs) Now, I bet you're all wondering why I'm guest starring on this podcast. In the words of Ellen Page, I am here today because I am gay. Well, bisexual, if you want want to get specific. I just so happen to have a stronger preference for women. Yes, that's right. Bisexuality isn't always split evenly across genders. If you know me in real life, and that's news to you, it's because I've really struggled with this over the past few years, even recently. And that's because of a lot of factors like heteronormativity, internalized homophobia, and biphobia that I've experienced in high school and college from the straight and gay communities alike, which makes no sense because LGBTQ includes the B. But now I'm more secure than ever in the fact that this is who I am and I would not change it for anything. Anu, when you first asked me to be on this podcast, I said no before either of us knew what the topic would be since I prefer to express my thoughts in writing rather than speaking. Typical introvert struggles, I know. But then you told me that you wanted to do an episode on LGBTQ rights, and I just knew I had to do it. I've always been conditioned to care so much about what other people think about me, and for what. So I thought that by going on this podcast, it would be a good way to help me get to a place in which I couldn't care less about judgment from others. Also, I've always been the kind of person who believes that if you have a platform, you should use it for good, and it would be hypocritical if I didn't follow my own advice. Now, I don't even know how many people listen to this podcast, but you got to start somewhere. So I'm here now ready to have these important conversations and hopefully inspire people or just leave any kind of message that resonates with you and stays with you even after you finish listening. Thank you so much for being on here, genuinely. And if you didn't know, me and Varsha have been friends since we were, like, so, so young. Like, like five years old, six years oh old. Gosh. I've known Varsha for the longest, longest time. And she's honestly one of the strongest and most inspirational people I know. And so I'm so happy to have you on this. Wow, well, thanks today. for saying that. I always wanted to be on a podcast. I know. This is, like, our fame status now. <laughs> Literally. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to try this new format this time, and I want to do more of like kind of like an interview question and answer session because I feel like it's more important for me to um, elevate other voices and give other people the opportunity to kind of run the podcast and really speak on it. So I'm just going to throw out some questions and so we can like kind of start a discussion. So my first question is, what is a serious what are some serious problems that are facing the LGBTQ plus community today? Well, as you know, it's still illegal to be gay in many parts of the world since you can face torture, imprisonment, and even death as punishment. While that's the biggest problem facing us today, I'd say that this is actually a consequence of an underlying problem, and that's lack of representation. From essentially the moment we're born, we're slammed with heteronormativity, or the idea that everyone is straight, being straight is normal, all boys want to date girls, and vice versa. And you see this in action a lot. For example, when a young boy so much as looks at another girl, people will be like, OMG, he's flirting with her. Like, what is the reason? 
It's just a look. If you're a girl, your friends might ask you, which guy do you like? And vice versa. The vast majority of TV, movies, commercials, advertisements, and all types of media all feature straight couples. So as you can see, there's really not that much visibility given to those of us who aren't cisgender and heterosexual, or cishet for short. For the longest time, queer people, queer people in the media didn't get happy endings or were reduced to stereotypes or were only there as a prop for the development of straight characters. While queer representation in the media has gotten a lot better, we have a long way to go. Think about Avengers Endgame, where they hyped up the fact that they included a gay character and it was a random guy who made a passing reference to his boyfriend. Or the live action Beauty and the Beast, where LeFou danced with another guy for half a second. It's 2020 and we deserve better representation than these blink and you miss it scenes. Personally, I believe it's high time we had a gay Disney princess or Marvel superhero or something just as revolutionary. And I know what some of you are thinking, but Elsa and Captain Marvel are right there. Well, gay coding or subtext isn't enough. It needs to be explicit. We deserve the cake, the ice cream, and the cherry on top, just like straight people. Now, don't get me wrong. Queer representation in the media is the best it's ever been. And now we've got popular studio movies like Booksmart and Love, Simon. Love, Simon focused more on Simon's coming out process, whereas Booksmart showed the adventures of two best friends, one of who just so happened to be a lesbian and her character arc didn't revolve around her sexuality. And honestly, this is just the start since we need more of both kinds of stories or we can talk about television. According to a recent New York Times article, around 10% of characters on TV are some form of LGBTQ, which is more or less reflective of the population. Men and women are equally represented and queer characters of color are actually slightly outnumbering their white counterparts. I don't know about you, but I was pleasantly surprised to hear that. One way at that I think we could improve is more portrayal of those who are non-binary, asexual, or transgender, since these characters are far less common than those who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or even unlabeled. The reason that media representation is so, so important is because it provides visibility that young queer kids might not have in their real lives. So this way they don't feel as if they're abnormal or that they don't belong in society. Seeing those stories on screen of people like us helps us know that there's nothing with that, there's nothing wrong with us, and we're not alone. All right, that's enough about the media. Let's talk representation in real life, starting with the sports world. It doesn't matter what sport you're talking about, but one statement that's almost always true is that the women's game is more accepting of homosexuality than the men's game. The examples that come to mind are soccer, basketball, and hockey all of which have a ton of openly LGBTQ female players. Like, I don't even think I could name them all, and you guys know how good my memory is. <laughs> By contrast, like, I believe there are currently zero active openly gay players in the four major American sports leagues, which are the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. Oh, actually, have you seen the Aaron Hernandez docuseries on Netflix? Oh, yeah? Yeah, well... For those that don't know, just some background, it tells the story of NFL player Aaron Hernandez, who was convicted for murder and committed suicide a few years later. The series explored the factors in his life that made him the way he was, like his abusive father, repeated brain trauma from concussions, and the pressure of hiding the fact that he was 
some sort of gay or bisexual, just attracted to men. The show delves into homophobia in American football and how it intentionally or not creates an unwelcoming environment where gay players don't feel safe enough to be themselves. So I couldn't help but wonder how differently would the story have gone if a young Aaron had been free to love who he loved without judgment? We'll never know. Homophobia in the male sports world is why the few athletes in these four major leagues that have come out tend to do so once they've retired or are about to retire. And this just isn't restricted to American sports leagues either. Did you also hear about the recent anonymous open letter from the gay footballer? Oh my, yes, 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 I did. Yeah, so for our listeners, like this guy plays in the Premier League and talks about how he looks like he's living his best life, has a ton of money from playing the sport he loves, but he's keeping this major secret about himself that's destroying his mental health, and he's considering retiring early because of it. He also talks about how fans at games will yell homophobic insults or abuse, not even at him, but just in general. He says, like one of the quotes from the letter is, the truth is, I just don't think football is ready yet for a player to come out. The game would need to make radical changes in order for me to feel able to make that step. And my heart goes out to this guy and all the other gay players who are playing the sport they love, which doesn't love them. The Premier League needs to learn needs to learn that they can't just have teams wear rainbow laces for one game and say, well, lads, looks like we've ended homophobia. Informative <laughs> activism. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, they and other major leagues have to actively make it clear to the fans that they stand for inclusion and there's no place for discrimination of any kind. And while we have a long way to go, hopefully one day the men's game is just as accepting as the women's. Or consider the entertainment industry. While you do have a lot of openly gay actors like Ellen Page or Neil Patrick Harris, there are a lot more who are, who are still in the closet because the industry is structured in such a way that presenting as straight is the best move to advance their careers. People like Cara Delevingne and Kristen Stewart have recently opened up about how they've been told not to come out because a straight image means they're more likely to score lead roles in mainstream movies. And you do have people like Kristen who are like, screw that, I don't want to work with people like that. But then you have a lot more who will play the industry game to get these high profile roles. Same thing with the music industry. A lot of the time when an artist signs with a record label, the label has the right to control their image in every way possible. If the label feels there is even a chance that an artist being openly gay will bring in less profits, they will not let them come out. Think about Justin Bieber, One Direction, Shawn Mendes, any guy who targets a young female demographic. Their label markets, markets them like, oh, they could be your boyfriend, or oh, they could be singing about you or to you, which creates even more hype around the boys, the music, and their overall brand. So if any of them do happen to be gay, the label won't let them say anything because they don't want to alienate the female fans who stream their music or buy their merch or concert tickets, all because these girls have this fantasy that those guys could be their boyfriend. And I'm not saying that all people like an artist's music because they want to get with him, but a lot of them do, enough for a label to consider these types of fans when thinking about how to maximize profit. And sometimes labels will go to extremes to portray non-straight non singers as homophobic or cheaters or womanizers, because God forbid people think they could be gay, right? And, yeah. and when artists are allowed to be out, it's not always on their own terms. A few years ago, 
there was an anonymous post on Reddit by a supposedly well-known female singer who earlier in her career identified as bisexual, but then realized she was a lesbian. Her manager told her not to tell anyone because being quote-unquote bisexual is more marketable to the general public, since this way you can appeal to both the straight and queer audience. She also mentioned how she talked to other queer celebrities, and while a lot of them are 100% gay, they're also told to identify as bisexual or no labels. Now, I know that anyone can go on Reddit and say anything, so this post might be completely fake, but I think it could be real since what she's saying makes a lot of sense and fits perfectly with what we know about the industry. And it's a really tough situation since this just perpetuates the stereotype that bisexuality is a stepping stone on the path to homosexuality, which is not true at all. But I also understand that their contract really doesn't let them do anything about it. And it's going to take more than one person or a few people for the industry to change. On a more optimistic note, being openly LGBTQ doesn't have to ruin your career. Think about big names like Sam Smith or Frank Ocean or Halsey, who even had a song where she openly sings about women make it to mainstream radio. More recently, Miley Cyrus released Midnight Sky, a song with female pronouns, and it's doing really well on the charts. So while the industry is still quite homophobic, I really do believe it's getting better. The important thing is queer people should not be forced to choose between our dreams and being who we are. Going back to the whole idea of representation, if the general public is able to see the LGBTQ community, both in the media and real life, it helps normalize the idea that not everyone has to be straight or cisgender. I think that a lot of the hate we get that allows for legal discrimination against us stems from ignorance and could be largely reduced with greater visibility alone. I know I've given you a lot to think about and we could honestly dedicate a separate podcast to this topic alone, but I'll leave it here for now. No, like that was so beautifully said. And I, and I agree with every single thing that you're saying, because a lot of these artists, it's just like, um, you know, a lot of like Sam Smith, when he came out, like a lot of people stopped streaming his music and stopped listening to him for that very reason. And like even other artists, they're confined to the label like oh she's like that gay artist right and it's like they've made it like her you know what i mean like certain artists it's like oh you can't listen to her if you're not gay or she's only making music for um gay artists and which is why a lot of like record labels and stuff they kind of um discourage a lot of their people from coming out because they feel like they can't make as much money that way and it's also because like as consumers of music, um, we've kind of created that environment. Exactly. And same thing with actors too. Like if they're gay, then they won't be taken seriously in straight roles, which is dumb because it doesn't apply the other way around. Exactly. Like a lot of people, they want to be allies and they just don't know how to properly let someone know that, you know, they, they should feel comfortable being who they are and let someone know that they accept them and they love them. And so my next question was like, how can straight people be better allies? Because we're seeing that a lot, even with like um, One Direction, like people are um, harassing like Harry Styles and Liam, or sorry, Harry Styles <laughs> and um, Louie about their relationship. And it's, you know, caused them to be very uncomfortable. And I feel like a lot of people think they're doing a good thing, but they end up just coming off in a really wrong way. And so I really wanted to ask you, like, what's your advice to straight people that want to be a better ally? Well, there's actually a lot of ways you can do that. And like to the example that you just said about 
um, wanting celebrities to be gay, like I get it. Like you want Lauren to be gay because that makes her more available to you in a sense, but that isn't true at all. And but the celebrities are different than us because they have a lot more things to consider, like their fans and their revenue, and again their label. Like I was saying before. So with them, what you can do is what the only thing you can do is to just let them come out on their own time. Like you doing it, like you harassing them is not going to change that. But in your own life, I would also say that it's always important to call out discrimination and problematic behavior when you see it, especially if it's within your own friend group, especially with guys. Please stop saying no homo after showing platonic affection to your male friends, since it's not a joke and perpetuates the idea that homosexuality is a bad thing. Not to mention, it just makes you look insecure in your own masculinity. Remember that phase in the early 2000s when everyone would, everyone would throw around the F and the D slurs like they meant nothing, or said, that's gay, in response to anything negative? You have, you have any idea what that does to you when you're gay? You think the world hates you, so you hate yourself. It can take years and years to, to unlearn internalized homophobia, and I'd be lying if I said I was completely over it. Another important thing is to be aware of your own behavior that contributes to heteronormativity. Think about when you're younger and your friends are like, ooh, which boy do you think is cute? Or when you're older and your relatives ask, so do you have a boyfriend yet? Well, why do you assume it's a boy? It's better to keep it gender neutral and say something like, which person do you like? Or are you seeing anyone? So even if your friend or family member is gay, but not quite ready to tell you, they're more likely to trust you with it when the time comes. Speaking of coming out to your friends, I was lucky in the sense that they were all supportive, but a lot of the responses I got were, why didn't you tell me? Which rubbed me the wrong way for a number of reasons. First of all, I'm telling you now, and are you really going to make this deeply personal thing that I just admitted all about you? Second, you will never know how much I struggled to get to the point to admit it to myself, let alone to you. Third, if you're wondering why I didn't say anything sooner, it might be because you weren't as good of an ally as you thought you were. Your gay friends in the closet are paying attention to these things, like how you talk about the LGBTQ community, to judge if we can tell you who we are. But that's okay, since what matters is your willingness to learn from your mistakes and be more responsible in the future. To my friends listening to this, if I just describe you, no shade or hard feelings. I know your heart was in the right place, but hopefully now you understand why. Why didn't you tell me isn't the best thing to say. Speaking of what not to say, another thing that a lot of gay kids hear, especially from their parents, is that you're just confused or it's just a phase. You'll grow out of it. And don't even get me started on you're just doing it for attention. If you said that to me, you clearly don't know me because I hate any kind of undue attention. But if we're telling you something this personal, we've come to the conclusion that, yes, this is who we are. Again, you have no idea how many months or years of sleepless nights we've agonized over the fear of reje rejection because of being deviant or abnormal in the eyes of society. So to hear from people we love that our identity is just a face, it feels like you're not taking us seriously, and that hurts. Also, please don't say, I won't judge you for your lifestyle, because that implies your sexuality is something you choose. Being vegan is a lifestyle. Being an artist is a lifestyle. Being gay is not a lifestyle. Moving on. Well, that's enough oversharing for today, or the rest of my life. 
That being said, if you have questions for me or want to talk more about anything I've said today or just tell me how good I was on this podcast, please message me. To my LGBTQ kids, you are valid, you are normal, and don't let anyone make you feel any, any different. If you know who you love, it's okay to label yourself. If you don't, it's okay to not do that and take some time to think about the correct label or change it if you need to. The important thing is just be yourself since no one can do that for you. To our cishet listeners, the LGBTQ community isn't some other group of people. We are your friends, family, neighbors, classmates, teachers, coworkers, the people you interact with on a daily basis. We are your favorite athletes, actors, artists, politicians, YouTubers, TikTokers, any and every kind of public figure. We have always existed, we currently exist, and we will continue to exist. While now is the best time to be gay, we have so much more to do to achieve equality in the U.S. and worldwide. Not to sound cliche, but it really does start with us. So I hope you enjoyed and or took something away from this episode. Final thoughts, love only, treat people with kindness, and in the words of soccer legend and gay icon Megan Rapino, not win without gays on your team. Thank you. And finally, to conclude that beautiful discussion and conversation, I just wanted to let everyone know that today is National Coming Out Day. So if you're struggling um, with your sexuality or with um, how you identify, I do hope you find your peace and just wanted to let you know that there's always someone here. I'm always here if you ever want to talk about it. Um, This is also a friendly friendly reminder to everyone that love is love and that um, we should always be kind to one another. And that's all. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day.